Rangers. We've got football coming up tonight. The NFL season kicks off with the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Houston Texans. Out on the diamond, it was a beautiful day for some baseball. And heading into 2020, many people thought there would be no high school football. Welcome to the WNCT Podcast Network. You're listening to WNCT 9 on your side Sports Talk with Sports Director Brian Bailey, Nolan Knight, and Kelsey O'Donnell. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to our WNCT Not On Your Side Sports Talk podcast. Brian Bailey with Nolan Knight, Kelsey O'Donnell joining us from our home. You're at home, right? You're not even I in am. today. What's the deal with that? <laughs> Taking <laughs> off today? <laughs> yes, that's the nice thing about doing the podcast. You can do it over the phone. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well, the two of us are hard at work today, and one of us maybe not so much. East Carolina hard at work with the win over South Florida from Saturday 44-24 was that final for the Pirates, their first win of the year. So I'll throw it to Nolan first. When you look at that game, obviously the Pirates needed a win, and they really looked like a football team, didn't they? They, they really did, and, and I talked about the, talked about this on the, the final score this past Sunday. You know, during this time, ECU, they, they started their season not the way they wanted to. 0-2 faced off against uh, a couple of teams that you would have thought maybe they, they start the season 1-1 one one after – uh, you see Georgia State on this schedule, but they were 0-2 coming into the game. Not a lot of momentum at all. Uh, I wouldn't say there were any doubters around the ECU camp, but you were in a situation where you could really use a win in terms of motivation and term keeping the pep in your step. I don't think ECU was completely down, but you know, in a couple of years from now, when, when you look back at Mike Houston's first couple of seasons, there aren't that many highlights so far. Uh, the big win on the road last year versus ODU, it was you know a monumental win for him in his first year at East Carolina. Now he gets a road conference win, his second uh, in his career, uh, versus a USF team that East Carolina had only beaten once ever. They, they've struggled a lot versus the Bulls in, in years past, and you know, this season to get to get a win like that, I, I think in a couple of years from now, uh, when ECU should be a, a pretty powerful team in the American, you can look back at this game and and probably put this as a cornerstone or, or as one of those first blocks uh, of the Mike Houston era. And and what a perfect time for ECU to get it done. They looked good on offense. They looked good on defense, special teams. It was a complete win uh, and a surprising 20-point win. I don't think anyone would have told you that East Carolina would leave South Florida with a 20-point victory on the road. Yeah, it was one of those games where you know everything turned around from the week before. The offensive line was really struggling against Georgia State. And, and, and Holton was running for his life in both games. And then you turn around and you're playing South Florida. You see what he can do when he has time. Time. The running game looks so good. Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys really did a nice job on the offensive front. Kelsey, what were your uh, thoughts? I'm excited. And I, obviously, going out in Greenville just over the weekend, even just to pick up groceries, the morale of everyone um, is excited to finally have first win under your belt. Obviously, no first game of the season is pretty, so throw out that one. Obviously, learning still with COVID for a second game. But this one, I think, is a very good win. And obviously, listening to Mike Houston saying that Preparation is key in this past week during practice and all film and everything they were on it and he it almost felt as if he knew some big win was coming and I'm excited that it finally got pulled together and they cohesively as one unit and one team um, brought the 
got back the win this past weekend. Pirates win at 44-24 was the final to go to 1-2 and two on the season, 1-1 one and one in the American Athletic Conference. The only 2-0 and o team in the American is Navy. The midshipmen looked as bad as a football team could look <laughs> on Labor Day night when they lost to BYU. They also lost badly to Air Force, but they won their two games in the American Athletic Conference. And let me run some numbers by you guys because you guys are young pups and you haven't been here very long. Navy has absolutely owned East Carolina over the years with that option attack the pirates have rarely even slowed it down you know much less they can't stop it or they haven't stopped it in the past Mm -hmm. navy has mounted 76 points in one game 66 points in another game 56 in another game last year they beat mike houston and company 42 10 east carolina trails navy in the all-time series 6-1 so the main topic for conversation this week over in pirate land is how do we slow down how do we stop the option the option, the way it works is you can either stop it and you can, you know, force Navy to to have to throw the ball. And, you know, obviously uh, whenever you play, you know, I think to Georgia Tech, another team that historically runs a lot of options, they don't anymore, obviously. But you either can stop it and, and rely on your offense to kind of keep you in the game or you have to go shot for shot and and have to rely on your offense to win you the game. And what's interesting this year, obviously a new defensive coordinator in Blake Carroll, he has a little history uh, dealing with the triple option uh, with his time at the Citadel. So, you know, maybe this year's a, a little different in terms of uh, if East Carolina can stop the the triple option, which has been a which has been a thorn uh, in the shoe of, of East Carolina and many teams across the country for uh, a long while. I agree. I think um, they've got a big test. Obviously, it's they're a pretty experienced team. They've got three seniors and two juniors on their O-line. So it's a big test that they're going to be facing this upcoming weekend. But I feel like this is no better game and no better year to have this matchup with everything going on with COVID. Um, I think BCU could absolutely pull out a win. They just got to lock in this week and really um, focus in on what they need to do. Yeah, I was fascinated in talking to Coach Houston this week that he said when he hired Blake Harrell as his defensive coordinator that one of the big topics of conversation was how do you stop the option? You know, what, do you, what are your <laughs> really? plans? Yeah, that. <laughs> he, 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 he talked about that with Blake when he hired him, and he knew Blake from his days at the Citadel. Uh-huh. Obviously, Blake was with him there. Yeah. And, and so they've, they've you know, Coach Houston has run the option as his main offense at schools. In fact, Coach Houston says that when he tried to get the James Madison job that the folks at JMU were kind of hesitant because they thought he might come there and run the option mm-hmm. and he told him he was going to spread <laughs> things out and hire Donnie Kirkpatrick which he did and now Donnie Kirkpatrick and they're, they're back down here together in Greenville but but it's, it's interesting at the option and sometimes we always talk about this you'll see Navy on a Saturday afternoon and they'll be playing some team that you don't think has a chance and for whatever reason they'll shut the option down. Yep. That team has not been right. East Carolina through the years because the only Pirate win in the series was 38-35, and Navy really had a chance to win that game. That was in Annapolis several years ago. Lincoln Riley was the offensive coordinator under Ruffin McNeil uh, for that game. So Navy has absolutely owned East Carolina. At last report, Navy was a two-and-a-half-point favorite this week at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. We will have some fans, about 3,700 or Finally. so. Finally! We'll have some <laughs> fans. Not a lot, but we'll have some socially distance, of course, and 
67% capacity is all you're allowed to have. So uh, at least we'll have some fans at Dottie Ficklin. Pirates and Navy, 12 noon kickoff. If you can't make it to the game, you can see it on ESPN+. Plus. So you have to subscribe to ESPN+, Plus to get the football game this week. Atlantic Coast Conference football. You guys are Virginia Tech Hokies, and your Hokies couldn't stop North Carolina this past weekend. How about the ACC? Clemson's one, Notre Dame's four, and Carolina's five from the AP top 25. So that says a lot for the Atlantic Coast Conference. It says a lot about the the ACC. And, you know, the five for UNC might be a little high just based off the fact that the Big Ten, Big Ten schools haven't played yet. So some voters have, have left Big Ten schools out of their top 25 still. However, how about living up to expectations for UNC? Coming into the season, so many people had UNC so high on their list that this was going to be a big breakout year for Mac Brown and, and UNC and the ACC. And, you know, here we are. They're number five in the nation, 3-0, and beat a top 25 Virginia Tech team, could score it on them at will if they wanted to get in the end zone they did this past Saturday. <laughs> and what a, a big win for UNC. Uh, Virginia Tech has been a thorn in the, the I, I said earlier, a, a thorn in the shoe for uh, UNC for a long time. Virginia you Tech. You got a shoe. It's a thorn in the side, right? Th- thorn. Is that what they t- teach y'all in Blacksburg? If you have a thorn in your shoe, it would be That's pretty true. annoying. It would hurt too. <laughs> I've never heard it regardless. Yeah. <laughs> you never heard either side? Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> either way, Virginia Tech has, has really, since joining the ACC, taken control of UNC in the past few years. Things have been pretty tight. Obviously, last year, a six-overtime game, but this year, UNC looked dominant over Virginia Tech, scored at will. They look dominant in general, and I think the, the fifth overall ranking uh, says a lot about what Mac Brown has been able to do in Chapel Hill in terms of recruiting, in terms of uh, team morale and fundraising and everything else that he's been able to do when re- since returning to UNC. And when you watch the broadcast, you hear so much from uh, the ESPN broadcasters about how great he was when when he went to the media side and, and they keep talking about how much fun he's having now as a head coach uh, with the Tar Heels and, and sure enough having fun apparently is working in Chapel Hill. I've also heard thorn in your paw. Have you heard that one, Kels? <laughs> oh, that's from a nursery rhyme, I think. You love I think this phrase. Yeah, somewhere like that. All right, all right. So State and Duke play this weekend. Duke picked up its first win uh, last weekend and that's it's it's a shame, and Dave Doran talked about it earlier this week. This is the first time in seven years that State and Duke have played in football because they're in different divisions in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And when you think of the triangle and State and Duke, you think they should play of every course. year, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, that, that will be an interesting game. NC State, uh, you know, kind of have some momentum again. I think they found their quarterback now in Devin Leary. Uh, they got a big win against uh, the Coastal Division champions in UVA. I know the UVA starting quarterback went out in that game, but the defense looked strong. Uh, a, a big victory there. Um, while Duke, on the other hand, they had started 0-4, but then they get a win uh, versus a Syracuse team that might be the worst team in the conference this year. But uh, still a big win in terms of you know kind of putting your team on the right path to face off against an in-state rival. Kills your thoughts. I think this will be an interesting matchup. Obviously, I think I would most likely pull for NC State for this one, but I think a triangle matchup is certainly very cool. Obviously, like you mentioned, I completely forgot that they the two don't they rarely ever play. Yeah. Um, so I think it's neat that they will finally be able to play, and it'll be a good draw for fans if they're allowed. All I right, believe be- they are. Before we go to baseball, let's go to the NFL. Panthers now three and two. How about the Panthers? They're zero and two, and they lose their best player that they. They had a Brinks truck to uh, pay him this past summer, and they win three games in a row without Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> just, just fascinating. 
You know, I wasn't completely high on the Matt Rule hire. I was kind of on both sides of the fence because when he was at Baylor, he had some really great years, and then he also had some years where uh, I'm sure he would like to think about. I'm sure Baylor fans would as well. But then here they are. They started the season 0-2. You figured, all right, he's still getting his his guys in there. Uh, he goes in and really invests in Christian McCaffrey and, and the defense, and, and then they rattle off three wins in a row and now face off against a Bears team the this Bears, week yeah. and who have mm-hmm. had a great start to the season. Uh, but a beatable Bears team, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers are favored in it. Do you know what the line is by any chance? I haven't seen the line. I do know that I really thought the Falcons would, would beat the Panthers this past week because the Falcons were desperate for a win, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't get that win. Carolina got the win. Falcons fired everybody, the uh, GM and the head coach. So uh, there was big changes there. But when you play in a division like now, – now, if the Panthers were in the NFC East – you know they might run away and win that thing by two or three <laughs> games, but you know playing in a division with Tampa Bay and with the New Orleans Saints, I mean that's that's going to be difficult for them. But they're three and two and they're playing some some pretty good football. I think you can. I def- agree. Go ahead, Kelsey. Sorry, <laughs> it's hard on the phone over here. It's a little delay. <laughs> um, if you would have told me a few weeks ago when Christian McCaffrey went down, they'd be three and two this week. I wouldn't have believed you. And what a testament it is to, to Mike Davis to come in. And, and now you almost want to get a lot of credit to that offensive line in Carolina yeah. that maybe, you know, they were undervalued and, and people were putting a lot of impact on Christian McCaffrey. And obviously mm-hmm. CMC is probably the best running back in the league and they're able to, to keep rolling. But how about Robbie Anderson, a nobody when he was with the Jets, uh, overlooked. No one really thought that he was going to be all that. And then he's come out as a breakout player for Carolina. Looks like uh, their best receiver this year, even over DJ Moore. Yeah. So we'll have to keep an eye on those Carolina Panthers. Maybe they'll make some noise and maybe get a playoff run. Fun to see. Though, hey, speaking of the Jets, um, did you see that Le'Veon Bell was released today? Yeah. This week. Yeah, I saw I that. Was exactly today. How do you guys feel about that? I wonder where he'll end up. I'm curious if he'll go somewhere and, and if he'll be uh, used this year or not. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of a team that, that could use a running back, and I, I can't at the moment. I know one that could use a quarterback. That'd yeah, be the my Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys. Although, they did a nice job with Andy Dalton with the signing, and, and he's the insurance policy. He's a really good quarterback. I think if the Cowboys had a defense, you know, they could be all right. They're not going to be a Super Bowl contender right now. But, but they if they had win, a defense, they could, they could win, win the, the East. Still, That's for yeah. sure. They sure could. All right, let's go to the NBA and talk about the uh, Lakers' 17th NBA championship, LeBron, the MVP, ratings just were awful for the NBA finals. I don't know if that's a combination of, of the time of the year that it is. That you know, the Somebody joked that they didn't win the championship, they won an AAU tournament, which is what it looked like, basically. <laughs> that's funny. But, I mean, you know, they did win the NBA title, and, and the basketball was good. It's just It was just so different with all the computer you know, monitors for the fans. Mm-hmm. and I hope I never well, see one of those again. I hope I never see a cutout of a fan again. Hope I never I hear the, the hear the term norm, new normal again, virtual again, Zoom again. I don't want to hear Bubble. any of those terms again. Bubble. Yeah. But the Lakers I uh, wonder champs. if people are finding a different way to stream because there was an article that came out, I think, over the weekend about NFL ratings being significantly down as well. Um I wonder if there is another way, secret way. The stream might have something to do with it. I think what has more to do with it is normally, you know, I don't think the average person that watches the NBA Finals watches the regular season at all. I think I think most fans pick it up during the playoffs, and then they learn about the storylines, they learn more about the players as the playoffs continue, because it's really the only thing on TV at that time once March Magnus comes to a close. And mm-hmm. so you, you kind of, you know, normally that takes place in, what, a- April – 
uh, June, and so normally you're you're sitting there at you know Buffalo Wild Wings. There's nothing really else right. to do, so you you watch the games, you know the storylines, you know you kind of pick it up a lot more during the conference finals, and then you get to the NBA finals, and you look forward to it, and you get together and watch it. Where now there's NFL games going on, and there's there's so much more sports news going on that I think it kind of gets shuffled under the rug, and I think it really shows you what the dominant power in the USA is in terms of you know what drives sports, and that is football. And uh, the NBA does a great job of keeping us all entertained during the the off season, and I think that has a lot to do with it. But what a story it was that the Lakers get a championship, um, you know, the year that Kobe Bryant passes yeah. away. Uh, LA gets it gets another championship. I saw a lot of videos um, over the weekend of you know Kobe chants in the streets of LA after the win and stuff. And um, for LeBron to to add an, another storyline in in his historic career, his fourth title <laughs> uh, uh, in his seventeenth season, uh, third title with his third team, third MVP Finals MVP with his third team. Uh, a cool storyline. Um, I think having to go into the bubble and win a championship is also something that, you know, even if you don't, if you want to put an asterisk next to it, I think that's okay. But at the same time, I think you should put an asterisk next to, next to that asterisk that to go into an environment where you leave your family for months to go finish this season. Uh, and, and with all those distractions, the best team still ends up winning the championship. I think that says a lot as well. Well, let's move to baseball now. Tampa Bay leads Houston three games to none in the American League Championship Series, and the Braves are up on the Dodgers five, uh, two zip. That's five zip as far as games go. And uh, right now, neither series is close. The Dodgers can get back into their series with a win tonight, but it looks like you know Houston. You know that, that thing's about over. It's three three zip, <laughs> and I, I don't see the Astros unless they figure out a way to get some signs and they're going to come back. And <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> I don't know how. I, I'm not sure how many people were rooting for the Astros yeah. this season. I think they got lucky with the COVID because they didn't take the, the beating on the road that yeah. they were going to take if, uh-huh. if they uh, had to do that. But uh, once again, Tampa Bay looking to close that baby out later on tonight, and the Braves are up two zip against the Dodgers. When you know when you're a sportscaster, a lot of people say you should be you know, unbiased and that kind of thing. We try to be, but we're still fans. Uh, do you guys do you guys have a baseball team that you root for? I do. Who's that? <laughs> the Phillies. <laughs> I'm Philly. Grew up Philly everything, so I know it's not what you want to hear. But, <laughs> but you're from Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. from right outside of Philadelphia, so diehard Eagles fan. Anything Philadelphia, I know. There are a few Pennsylvania people I've run into down here in North Carolina yeah. that agree with me on that we'll one. We send most of them back to Pennsylvania. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. Just kidding. Just kidding. What about you, Nolan? Maybe if there was a, a a team in the area, that's always been my biggest. I've always been a huge college sports fan, based off the fact that you know there there are colleges you know in Virginia, <laughs> whereas yeah. you know growing up in Virginia and I guess North Carolina now has the Panthers, but there, there's not a pro team in Virginia, so I I never really got into the the pro sports scene. I like the Cubs. I fell in love with the Cubs when I was in college at Old Dominion because Old Dominion is more of a commuter school, at least, at least it was back then, and I would come back to the house and try to do some homework and watch the Cubs in the afternoon. And that was that was a lot of fun for me. And Harry Carey was the announcer, and I just you know I fell in love with Ryan Sandberg. Named my son after Ryan Sandberg. I'm surprised Rhino. you're able to watch games. Yeah, 
Every night they had the Cubs game on every night. Oh, they did on cable. Yeah, did they really? WGN, yeah, WGN had that was that was WGN and the uh, and TBS were the two super stations. So the, so the Cubs were on GN and TBS had the Braves. And yeah, those are the two teams you got to see all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time back when that explains when I was your the age. Braves fans in the area. Then. Yeah, it, that's exactly right. All right, any closing thoughts for you guys? Pirates and Navy coming up this weekend noon kickoff at Dowdy Fickman Stadium. If you're lucky enough to get a ticket, we'll see you over there for that one. That'll be a lot of fun. Any closing thoughts? for you guys uh if the pirates can can stop the midshipmen then it'll be impressive slow them down don't worry about stopping them just slow them I, down I, I, if, if they can slow them down yeah. i think that says a lot about the uh the new hire at defensive coordinator yes let's go for win number two with all some right. fans in the stands. <laughs> there you go all right for noah knight and kelsey o'donnell i'm brian bailey this has been the wnct not on your side sports talk podcast thank you for listening and we'll see you back here next week